Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. What if the testimony of Jesus starts to cost you something? Here's something you need to understand, and it'll give you some light for the day we live in. Today's pundits, folks on television, celebrities, for the most part, have no problem talking about God, worshiping God, or even honoring God. The problem only comes when you say that name. You know, I've done prayers in, in government circles, all type, and I'm always cautioned before I speak. You know, talk about God, pray with just that name. I say it anyway. I'm not disrespectful, but here's the deal. You invited me. You knew who I was. And my book says do everything in the name of Jesus. But here's the insight. We are in an anti-Christian era. Pay attention. The Bible does not say that the Antichrist will be anti-God. Let me say it again. The Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, who will one day be a person, but it's a spirit right now, the Bible talks about, but that's another thing, is not anti-God. It's anti-Christ. They can handle any other, but them Christians... Those people hugging on the Bible, talking about Jesus is the, them people. They're dangerous. We're living in an age that's not anti-God, but anti-Christ. In spite of all that was happening, he had every reason to be upset, every reason to be disappointed. Oh, man, finishing out his life this way was, was, was not pleasant. But watch this. I was in the spirit <laughs> on the Lord's day. Yes. An old man stripped of all his comforts, sent to a labor camp. Some tradition says he actually lived in a cave. When Sunday came, When Sunday came, given the circumstances, most of us would be upset with God, argue with God. Why, God? Why? I've been faithful. How do such things happen? God, I thought you were controlling the universe. God, things are going to muck. Things have gone awry. God, why? But John was in the spirit on the Lord's day, when you truly have a relationship with God's spirit, not just a relationship with your stuff, your circumstances, and most of us have circumstantial up and down relationships with God. Depending on how my wife, husband, children, boss, and the people in my neighborhood are behaving will determine how high my praise is. But not John. These were different. It was a different type of man here. They, They don't make people the same way anymore. I believe he wants to make some in this room. In spite of it all, 
I was in the spirit. Some of you don't even take a hangnail to keep you out of church. <laughs> Beating rocks, tired, old, in a cave with no heat, no AC. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Whether in the cave or the back seat of a car. As long as there's strength in this body, God, you are worthy of my praise. That was his attitude. That was how he lived. And that must be how we live. Then it says, after he's in the spirit, talking about God, you're good. I know stuff. I love you. I'm for you, Jesus. Not going the way I planned, but you're still God. And he heard footsteps. You know, you might think you're alone, but God is a present help in trouble. And I heard behind me. When John looked back, he saw that God had been with him all the time. Sometimes my soul looks back and wonders how I got over. And John looked back. And when he looked back, he saw Jesus and you say, well, well, if Jesus was with me, why did this happen? But he looked back and saw Jesus was involved in everything that was happened. It wasn't John's plan, but God was still working out his plan. And I heard behind me a loud voice. I know many of you from backgrounds love you, embrace you, and it's okay. You, you worship God with the soft, oh. You do so many, you know, that type of Latin deal. But the Jesus I know can get loud. Matter of fact, some people say sometimes we get a little too loud in here. It's just preparation for heaven. Because when you read the book of Revelation, they're always loud. There's angels shouting. There's somebody screaming. And it's a very, very highly charged atmosphere. I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet, meaning his voice was a loud, as loud as a, a blown shofar. And this voice was saying something. This is important because you might mishear me. Some people are just loud for loud sake. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus was loud because he had something to say. And he was saying, what you see, John, he spoke with absolute authority in spite of the fact it looks like Jesus had, that God had just, 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 just gone to sleep and the world had just lost his power and, and, and the world was just, 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 just spinning to hell. He said, what you see, John, write in a book. And what he was saying, preserve what I'm about to show you and tell you for future generations and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, Laodicea here. The devil thought, though, this is his process. He was like, you know, I'm going to put him in prison. This is going to slow him down. It's going to discourage everybody. And, 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 and you know what? It's going to really, really discourage the church. But here we, we, we discover the only thing this situation really does, because it's part of God's plan, is accelerate it. Because in the past... John had to preach one church at a time, but now he's about to preach the seven churches simultaneously. So you see, what the devil intends for evil, God knows how to work it. He knows how to massage it. He knows, he knows every angle. He knows exactly what to do 
with what might be troubling you and hurting you at your moment. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. John was obviously from a good home because it's only polite to look in the face of the person that's talking to you. So, so he just did what any natural human being would do. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. You see, John was looking for one thing, but he saw something else. Kind of like when I met my wife. I was doing one thing, helping some ladies get some stuff from a beauty supply store, but I found something else. Beauty that has supplied me for a lifetime. Hear what I'm saying? Verse 20, though. Because verse 20 explains what John saw. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Watch this. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So the stars represented angels here, but the lampstands represented the church. Why do the lampstands here represent the church? Because you only turn on the light when it's dark. Lamps are only to be used in dark places. The purpose of the church is to be a light. So the darker the hour, the more we are needed in the land. And in the midst of these seven lampstands, you see the same language of Daniel. He saw a human figure, one like the son of man. But I want you to notice where Jesus is standing in this verse. He's not standing on Capitol Hill. He's not even standing in a private home. The place he's standing is in the church. You cannot say you stand with Jesus and you don't stand in the church. I know that word, yeah. Jesus is, we are the bride of Christ. Jesus, out of all the places, he's with his people. Then it describes the man that was standing with his people. In spite of the fact, it looked like God had abandoned the church. He was clothed with a garment down to his feet. Now, slaves and children typically wore, you know, uh, 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 garments down to their knees. And, and they were very particular about how they dressed. And your, your status could be seen by, by the way you dress. But those in authority wore garments to their feet. And the picture here is really representing the, 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 the robe of an emperor or the robe of a king. So here we see Jesus, again, the church is being beat up. His lead man is on an island, you know, uh, banging rocks. And, and here he stands like he's a king. And girded about the chest with a golden band. Josephus tells us that the high priest wore a gold sash. Actually, the, 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 the Old Testament teaches the same thing. Uh, from under his arm to his waist. And he would walk around with this, this golden sash. And what was being illustrated by Jesus showing up was that just as Domitian had exiled John to the Isle of Patmos, who was the emperor of Rome, and and likewise Christ was crucified and rejected by the high priest, the king of the universe showed up, the high priest of God's true house showed up to say, John, you know what? 
As bad as things look, I'm still in control. I am still the king. I am still the high priest. You know what? I know on the outside what these men are doing make it seem like I've lost my power. But he sees behind the veil and he sees a God still in control. And what God wants you to do today is see behind the veil. See behind your circumstance. See behind the problem and recognize your God is still on a throne. You hear what I'm saying? He's still seated at the right hand of God the Father. He has entered with his blood into the holy place and sprinkled it on the divine altar. Verse 14. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. Now, maturity supposed to come with age not always, but, but, but typically. So in scripture, white hair typically represents wisdom. And by the way, this is why the barristers and the British judges, you see them with those white wigs on. Because it represented wisdom. And, and they want to be wise as they judge and, and as they conduct law. And his eyes like a flame of fire. Jesus' eyes has the ability to bring to light even the darkest thing even the most hidden things. He doesn't even need you to disclose it. He has his own light in his eyes that causes him to see it. Continues, his feet were like fine brass. According to the scripture, my Jesus has a tan. I'm just saying. That was funnier in the first sermon. As if refined in a furnace, Jesus understands what it is to go through the fire. Every pain you fear, remember, he's been there first. And his voice as the sound of many waters. When he spoke, there was such resonance that Scripture here compares it to the steady rumble of a waterfall. And he had in his right hand seven stars. We already saw that the seven stars represented the angels of the church and the lampstands represented the seven churches. And did you know, by the way, there's an angel assigned to this church? Gee, you, you think you just came. No, my angel went out and got you. You hear what I'm saying? Brought you. The Holy Spirit keeps you. But there are angels assigned to churches. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, a blade that could wound and a blade that would heal. But I want you to notice that the sword came from a central place, his mouth. Even in the worst of times, God's word has no equal. Even in the worst of times, God has a good word over your life. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. You know, John had sat with Jesus, had looked at Jesus many times. But like at the Mount of Transfiguration, God pulled back the veil and his, shot, his face shone like the sun. And what God is doing here, he's pulling back the veil. He's saying, I know you're looking at your circumstances. I know you're looking at the politics. I know you're looking at all that's going on. I want to pull back the veil and show you what's really, really happening. So he pulls back the veil here and John sees his face and it's so bright, it's actually Blinding. So scripture says that when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. 
The power of God hit John, and he had carpet time just like at the church sometimes. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, don't be what? Afraid. But we often try to make God into what we want him to be. It could be frightening when you see him for what he really is. God will not fit into your box. He is amazing and awesome and will blow your mind every, every time. He said, don't be afraid. I am the first. First, why? Because before him, there was none other. And last, why? Because after him, there shall be none again. He said, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Now here, here, quickly, the gospel message is contained, crucified on the third day, raised up to life, victorious. But watch this. And I have the keys of hell and death. Now, if you know anything about the ancient world, you know the person with the key was the person with authority. And just like, you know, you know who owns the car typically by the person with the key to the car. The person who owns the house is the person with what? Keys to the house. So Jesus had the keys, meaning he had the authority. See, the thing is, we get impressed with power because we don't understand authority. Have you ever noticed in the Godfather, he never talked about the whisper, you know, he never, he never raised his voice. I mean, he, if you looked at him, he wasn't in good physical shape. I mean, it was easy to, to, to anybody could probably take the Godfather. You know, he was old and he looked like he was going to die while he was talking. But <laughs> people get impressed with power, you know, muscle mass. Our great president, you know, I don't think he played, you know, I know he didn't play professional football. He's not the biggest guy out there. I think there might be a couple guys in here that might be able to take him. Just maybe. But here's the deal. Don't you try it. <laughs> there will be six or seven men tackling you. They will grab you, drag you out, put you under the jail. Why? <laughs> Authority. Yes. See, we're all impressed with power. God, give me more power. More. No. See, the devil has power. And y'all impressed by it. Jesus. He has all types of power. But it's God who has the absolute authority. You see, the Godfather might not have had a lot of physical power, but just one whisper. He didn't have to. Matter of fact, he didn't have to go like that over. Authority. I'd rather authority more than power any day. Yes, Lord. Yes. Pay attention. The devil is doing all these powerful things, making people do this, doing that. Looks like we're going from bad to worse, and we see Satan flex his muscle. But Jesus shows up real calm. Long robe and this thing said, no, no, don't get impressed by all that. I'm giving him a minute. 
Y'all remember the first uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Or, you know what I meant. Yeah, Raiders of the Ark, whatever it was, you know what I mean. That guy came up with his sword doing all this fancy stuff. Blah, 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 blah. The guy just shot him. And the devil's in your life, ooh, ooh, doing all this stuff, ooh. Bang. <laughs> Give me just a couple minutes. Give me a couple minutes. See, all this stuff, you think God's not on the throne. Because you're looking at power. But Jesus came robed in authority and said, I got the key. I'm the one that says to the ocean, go this far and go no further. I, I, I said one word. Stop this whole thing. So just because the devil is troubling doesn't mean that God is not on the job. God has given, I don't understand it all. But Satan, the Bible says he knows his time is short. Meaning he has a time, but that time's not going to last always. And every time the, talk, the clock ticks, he knows he has less time. So he knows authority is going to grab him at one point by the collar. So he's confusing us, deceiving us with his power. And we stop looking up to the one with authority. That's why when Jesus was tempted, he said, listen, worship me, I'll give you all this power. Give you all the word, I'll give you this power. But he said, no, no, no. I'm going to go to the cross for authority. And when he came down from the cross, when he spoke to the disciples, this is what he said. He didn't say nothing about power. He said, man, all authority has been given unto me. Therefore, you go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey everything that I've observed. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of age. Jesus went to the cross for authority, not power. Don't be confused with the devil's power in your life when Jesus has given you authority. Sit down again. Y'all taking up my time. Sit down. Sit down. Real quick. And I'm through. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.